On today's edition of the Evangelist Podcast, we're thinking about the power of weakness. The Evangelist Podcast from Revival. Find out what's new in telling people the good news about God, the world, and you with Andy Brinkley and Glenn Scrivener. Welcome back to the Evangelist Podcast. Uh, we've reached uh, episode 88. 88. 88 miles per hour. Oh, yes. We'll go back in time. Yes. To uh, oh, it, oh, it's 2015, isn't it? It is. We got, this is... Not till October, though. Uh, back to future day. Octo- yeah, 25th? Was it 26th. October? October 26th. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> Didn't you once make a frame-for-frame reshoot of the film Back to the Future? I did. Wow. I did. How and old were you? Friend, <laughs> about 15. 15? Wow. Well, yeah, my friend uh, who I did it with, uh, he put it up on YouTube. <laughs> YouTube detected that there was some uh, of the original score. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> so similar to Back to the Future. The, they yeah, that's right. Breaking. Was, yeah. Wow, this is so good. It's Were just you, like the original. Yeah. Were you Doc or did you like? Did you play any? Oh, other? it was bizarre. We, I, I played Marty and Biff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those and bullying friend, scenes would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my friend was... was uh, uh, Doc and George McFly. But no, we did. I suddenly called, you know, we did all the scenes with Doc, uh, with Biff, sorry, with long hair. (laughs) And then I called up my mum and I said, Mum, can you go and cut my hair? (laughs) And then I played Marty. No way, that's real commitment to us. Wow. Make like a tree and go. (laughs) It's make like a tree and leave. (laughs) Get out of here. Anyway, how oh, did I've, you got to, to that? I've got to see this because it's 2015 <laughs> and it was 88, 88 miles per hour. That's it. 88 episode. miles per hour. Yeah. How do we, how do we segue from the back to from, the future? Oh, that's all right. Anyway. We we don't. We just do. Do you have a sound effect for a clunking change of gears? Like no, no. Next I'll time. Have to, yeah, That'll next be, time. Next. You you need a lot more. Like uh, if you if you listened last episode, uh, we had some there's some laughter. There's some yeah, no Andy, no Andy. There was laughter. There's a uh, what we what we really need rather than laughter tracks, we need like and we just. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, just just real. Kind of wah, wah, wah. That's that's kind of more our level, I think. But um, uh, yes, good. So anyway, episode eighty-eight. <laughs> episode eighty-eight, and uh, this is this concluding our look at the Power Evangelism series. Mm. And uh, last time we looked at prayer, and this time we're looking at the power of weakness. Mm. A slight contradiction in terms. You might think that, Andy. You might think it's a slight contradiction in terms. Well, I mean, you might want me to think. That. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to think that I think that you want me to think you that. Anyway, um, yeah, I th- I think power of weakness is a contradiction in one sense, but it's it's kind of the very heart of the gospel, isn't it? Um, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Mm. Two Corinthians twelve, and actually, you know, staying with. 2 Corinthians, you know, Paul throughout um, that letter, you know, talks about, you know, God comforts us in our suffering. This is how he begins in chapter one. He comforts us in our suffering so that we can comfort others in their suffering. And so actually, you know, his weakness is turned into strength by God as he passes on the comfort that he receives in his weakness. And then, you, you know, you read on to chapters four and five, and Paul talks about how He's a cracked earthen vessel, mm. but as the cracked earthen vessel that he is, you know, the glory of God shines out of him, and he's an ambassador for Christ, but he's an ambassador for Christ, even in all his weakness. And 
you read on and there's the stuff about, you know, the Macedonians are, are, are giving their money out of their great poverty. They're actually giving money. Well, that's because it's like Jesus, who, though he was rich, became poor for our sake so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. So, so again, Christ makes himself poor to enrich others. We are weak in order to strengthen others. And Paul gets, you know, to the end of the uh, two Corinthians, and he's talking about the super apostles who go around, and they, you know, they these are these are power evangelists in all the wrong senses. These are the guys who, you know, prosperity teachers of their day, you know, telling people they can have their best life now, and bright, shiny, kind of strong, uh, kind of evangelist. And and Paul says. These guys are boasting all the time. Let me boast, okay? I'm yeah. going to boast about the number of times I've been stoned <laughs> and whipped and whipped and shipwrecked, shipwrecked and and thrown into prison and I'm just I'm just so weak and even though in 2 Corinthians 12 he talks about, you know, I I I had this experience with Christ caught up into the third heaven, yet this thorn in my flesh was given to me and and I begged the Lord to take away the thorn in my flesh. And the Lord said, no, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm. And that's the kind of evangelism that Paul does. That's the kind of evangelism that we want to do. Mm. Um, because it mimics the power of the gospel, the mm. power of the cross. Here is Christ who meets us in our weakness, becomes the most weak, reviled, pathetic, stupid-looking thing in the world on the cross in order to give us his blessing and that mm. kind of thing. So there's there's a really counterintuitive power to weakness. So, Glenn, are you saying that we we all ought to sort of act really weak and feeble? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have ever to... Ever so humble. <laughs> ever, oh, yeah, the Uriah Heap thing. <laughs> ever so humble. Um, I mean, you know... I don't think any of us have to act weak. I think we kind of have to realize what our weakness is. Yeah. All the time we're trying to project strength. All the time we're trying to do that. And even Uriah Heep, he's trying, he's doing his I'm ever so humble thing as a manipulative technique yeah. to try and get what he wants. Even that is a deploying a kind of manipulative technique. Yeah. So we're always trying to offer a strength to the world and we're always denying our inherent feebleness and weakness you know i i i very rarely think about my mortality and i very rarely think about just how weak i am and you know if you put your hand over my mouth and my my nostrils i'd be worm food in about 5 minutes you know that's that's how weak and feeble i am and so i'm i'm not saying we should act weak as though we're not i'm saying we should get in touch with our already weakness, mm. in the way that the Apostle Paul got in touch with his already weakness, in the in the way that you know the church in Corinth, you know um, Paul in one Corinthians one, he has to wake them up to their weakness because they think they're strong and clever, and and he he has to say, not many of you were wise by earthly standards, not not many of you were noble birth, were you? But God chooses chooses the lowly things of this world, you know, to nullify the things that. Um, that are not and and so you know he's he's basically saying listen guys when you really take a good long hard look at yourselves you're not noble you're not wise you are things that are not um and so he's wanting us to get in touch with the stuff that we lack but right there is where god's power shows up mm, mm. so how do we engage in weak power evangelism then 
Yes, in weak power evangelism. I th- I think it's got to start with what we believe, and it's got to start with getting in touch with our already weakness. We are dust, and to dust we will return. Mm. We are sinners. Um, we have no right to be in God's presence. We have no right to any kind of salvation. If we had our rights, we'd be in hell right now. That's And that's that's all that God owes us. That's all God owes me, to send me straight to hell. Um, everything I have is a gift. What do I have that I did not receive? Again, we're in Corinthians territory the whole time. And I think we're in Corinthians territory the whole time because Corinth was a very self-sufficient kind of a place where mm. people were very uh, swayed by rhetoric and power and things that looked shiny and bright. Um, And Paul just had to constantly call them back to the cross uh, and therefore get them in touch with their weakness. So it's got to start with a real theology of the cross, understanding that that he who was rich became poor for our sakes. Well, that's incredible. He emptied himself Hmm. and became nothing and took the very nature of a slave and all this sort of stuff. So it's got to it's got to begin with our our faith in Jesus that this is the path this is the way that He calls us to mm. um, the way of the cross and and then that continues on with prayerfulness because because as as we understand who we are we've got to call out and say you know help you know I'm drowning mm. I need you. Um, and and so it's it's got to continue with this this kind of prayer is not you know going into God and you know Lord I've I've already got this this and this sorted out and I just need you to top me up with this issue and that issue and if you could you know if you could just help me to you know help me to get this little thing tweaked in my life then yeah. it'll be going fine actually prayer is going in and we're we're a child before our father we're a sinner before a God who needs to justify us by his own blood. Um, and we need even our daily bread, mm. you know, and we need to call on him for everything. So weak power evangelism kind of continues in that. And, and I think in particular when you're talking about evangelism, 2 Corinthians 4 uh, says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Mm. That's 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. You know, so our task is so completely beyond us. You know, we can't even begin to to fight the god of this age, Satan. I can't even begin to unveil people's eyes to give them spiritual sight. Mm. It's got to be, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness that makes his light to shine in our hearts. We're just so completely dependent on the Sovereign Father to, to shine his light through our gospel preaching. So that should drive us to our needs in, in, in prayerfulness. Mm. And that engages us in our weakness. And I think... As we're in the process of talking with our non-Christian friends and neighbours, I, th- I think weak power evangelism looks like um, leading with our weaknesses. Like with the Apostle Paul saying, you know, I've, I've been whipped more than anybody else. I've been chucked in prison more than anybody else. Um, you know, 1 Timothy 1, he says, I'm the chief of sinners, um, which is an astonishing kind of admission for him to make. But because he says he's the chief of sinners, he says, well, but in me, God's grace was able to be manifest in, in this most incredible way. Because I'm a sinner, God's grace kind of shines through me in such a huge way. And, you know, I was, I was reading um, um, 
pretty much all the way through Lent, if if you go through the the, the Anglican sort of um, prayer book, you, you're saying Psalm 51 almost every day, and and you know, at the end of all this confession about sin, David then says, you know, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways, and <laughs> sinners will turn to you. And it's like it's got to be the sort of the first twelve verses of sin and brokenness and have mercy on me, O God. But then, having engaged with all this, David says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn to you. So out of his brokenness and his admission of of horrendous sin, he seems to think he's going to be a good evangelist at the end of it all. And I I certainly find that the, the way to get serious and get real with people is to talk about my own struggles and to, to just yeah. say, look, like sometimes things just come out of my mouth and I am al- almost have this out-of-body experience and I see myself saying these things and I think, oh, how horrible or how arrogant or how cruel or how, you know, whatever. And I and I notice this stuff coming out of me and I, and I know I don't want to be like this, but I also know that it's come out of somewhere very deep in me. And, you know, as I start talking about my own sin... I think it enables others to get real about their their sin. It enables us all to therefore get in touch with our weakness and therefore our need to to call on, on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way that we get in touch with our, our weakness in, in evangelism. It's got to start with, with a theology of the cross and understanding Jesus who engages us in his weakness. It continues in prayerfulness, understanding our position before the Father. Uh, it continues in our own evangelism with an admission of our own sin. Uh, you know, last night I was uh, talking to um, some people about uh, preparing them for evangelism, and I, and I sort of said, you know, here's a sentence up your sleeve. Um, That's what I hate about life, dot, dot, dot. Um, you get into the best kinds of evangelistic conversations when you really determine to stare the world in all its brokenness in the face mm. and not to turn away from that and say, oh, still, you know, worse things happen at sea and, you know, you know, at least there's bunnies and rainbows. and uh, But but actually to, to stare at the brokenness of this world and say, it really, it really does suck. And at that point, the non-Christian wants to say, oh, yes, but, but, you know, at least blah, 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 or, you know. But on the other hand, there's also nice things as well, aren't there? But, but no, to actually keep on pointing back to, no, 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 no. But that's no answer to the grave, is it? Yeah, that's, that's no answer to our hearts that just sort of, we tear each other apart with words, and that's no answer to that. And really just engage with our own weak position to the point where we, we say, ah, there's no solution in us. There's no solution in this world. It's got to come from beyond. We've got to call on the Lord. Mm. Okay, well, this is the eighth and final episode of our Power Evangelism series. Um, just summarize for us, what, what's the take-home message? So we've thought about the power of ordinary Christian living. Because again, we sort of we sort of think of evangelism as what happens at a Billy Graham rally, or it's Hudson Taylor getting on a boat and going to China. Um, but, but actually, it's just the ordinary warp and woof of the Christian life, just lived out as a witness in the world. Um, and you know, we thought about one Peter at that at that stage about just being this priestly community in the midst of a suffering world, called to suffer well and cling to Christ. 
Um, and that kind of is kind of the evangelistic strategy of 1 Peter, just suffer well, <laughs> cling to Christ. And when people ask you about your hope, tell them about Jesus. Um, but that, that power of the ordinary Christian living is just um, should not be underestimated. Um, and then we thought about the power of church, and I think that's... That's, again, uh, an engagement with our weakness to say that I can't do evangelism by myself and that the evangelist in the world is not some really bold-as-brass street preacher with a megaphone who, you know, who some Christians look on and, and think, oh, gosh, I could never have the guts to do that. But actually, the evangelist in the world is the church because we're weak and because we need each other. And so we, we must be doing this together, and we thought about that in the second episode. We thought about the power of preaching, which again looks weak and stupid and pathetic, especially if you're preaching the cross. It's a weak and foolish message, um, but that is the power of God for salvation. We thought about the power of words in season. Uh, again, we're just scattering seeds, which seeds, they look dumb, they will look weak, they look yeah. pathetic. What, what could possibly come from a seed? And yet... Outcomes, incredible growth. Thought about the power of illustrations and stories. As again, we just scatter these words, drop these words in season around the place. We thought about the power of prayer. And if anything's going to engage you with your weakness in evangelism, um, it's going to be praying. Uh, because none of us are any good at prayer, so we, we can't feel like we're sort of competent professionals when we pray. Um, but we're putting ourselves in touch with our need, God's strength. And then out we go in, in the power of weakness. Mm. And I, I hope what people take away from all this is that you don't have to be um, the, the shiny professional who's got it all together to be an evangelist. Because uh, actually evangelism looks like Jesus, the one with arms outstretched to the world, who to some looks completely weak and pathetic. But for those who actually look to Jesus and they see, oh my goodness, how he loves me. Mm. There they see the power and the wisdom of God mm. and their salvation happens. So let's just, let's acknowledge the weakness that we have and rejoice that we have a strong God who can work through weak us. Well, we better leave it there for this week. Yes, and for that series, all wrapped up. Yeah, so uh, you'll have to keep your ears peeled for uh, for yeah. what's coming next week. Yeah, we're going to think about the cross and how we proclaim it at Easter time, obviously, but how we proclaim it biblically and evangelistically, because some, some presentations of the cross trying to be evangelistic actually end up uh, being quite ugly mm. um, and unbiblical and unfaithful to Scripture. So uh, we'll think about yeah how we proclaim the cross and the resurrection at Easter. Okay, great. Uh, we need to also mention our Cannonball video teaser is out. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, the, the, the track is sounding amazing. Here we go. Here we go. The people said, Stranger, you're doing it wrong. You should prolong your days and keep well away from the rabbit and grace. As you can see. On faith is gays, down the track. So that's Governor B doing his thing. So that's um, not you then, Glenn? No. Uh, as soon as I sort of wrote it and it became a rap, then I was out of the picture. Uh, there's <laughs> no, no point in, in doing that. So thankfully, 
Governor B has stepped in and done a brilliant job, and uh, yeah, we're so thrilled with that. Governor B being Governor B being like the biggest name uh, in like Christian rap ever. But he, yeah. he's a Christian who happens to be a rapper, or a rapper who happens to be yeah. a Christian. Um, Mobo award-winning artist, mm. recording his third album as we speak, and uh, he made some time for us to to uh, lay down the the track to yeah. spit the lyrics as they say <laughs> and uh so he sounds amazing and uh, josh lucas has done the track and it sounds fantastic and alex webb pepler's on the drawings and sam kwan and sam Orr have done the animation and yeah it's looking great so if you want to see the trailer you mm. need to go to revivalmedia.org slash tep88 mm. and uh, we'll put it on the show notes there yeah, and other big news. Other big news is, uh, would you like to come and join us here mm. uh, at Revival and learn some evangelism, learn some theology, get some practical experience, get hooked into the life of the local church? Uh, we are offering an apprenticeship here uh, starting this September. Mm-hmm. You can get your training through uh, Union Theology, uh, which is a ministry of West um, Wales Evangelical School of Theology. Uh, You can learn from the Reverend Dr. Mike Reeves, uh, who's probably been my favorite guest on this program and a good friend. Um, So he uh, heads up Union Theology, and you'll get the greatest theological education you possibly could from the likes of him and Bob Leatham and other other people like that. Uh, It is an accredited degree-level theology degree that you would get studying two days a week, and then the rest of the time uh, you could hang out with us. (laughs) Sounds fun, doesn't it? And, uh, yeah, and uh, get involved with the evangelistic side of things, the media side of things, uh, get plugged into your local church and get uh, a solid theological and practical evangelistic training. How about that? Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, yeah. So this will start in September? September 2015. And it's for how many years? For two years. Two years. Um, so it's two days a week uh, of study, one day of lectures, one day of study time, and then the, uh, the rest of the time uh, getting practical and pastoral training in the life of an evangelist uh, and in the life of ministry in the local church. So you'd be mad not to take that up. Yeah. Come on down <laughs> to the Sunshine Coast. Have I mentioned we live on the Sunshine Coast, <laughs> which relatives in Australia think is hilarious that, that it's called the Sunshine Coast because there's a Sunshine Coast in Australia that actually gets sunshine. Uh, <laughs> whereas, but you know, there's a bit of sunshine here. Relatively speaking, it's quite nice here. Um, so come on down and join us and get well trained. Uh, we'd love to have you. Excellent. Sounds great. Okay, well, uh, I don't think there's much else to do. That'll do. That'll do. Big. Yeah. <laughs> Go immediately and watch the teaser trailer. Yep. And then uh, it, and sh- share. it should be out early next week. Mm, excellent. Okay, thanks very much and see you next Bye. time. Bye.